Welcome to Shift, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that gives you everything you need to ace your ACT exam, including a full textbook, tons of questions that are backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can get a free trial at Achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now let's get started. So today we've got David Blobaum on the call from Summit Prep. So David, if you could just introduce yourself real quick. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, my name is David Blobaum, and I'm one of the co-owners of Summit Prep from New Jersey. We have a center in Bernersville, New Jersey, and a center in Summit, New Jersey, and we also tutor students online around the globe. Fantastic. And so today we're actually doing something topical. It's, you know, December 2022 here, and <laughs> one week ago, Chat GPT three was released, and it's it's not something we plan to talk about today. But it became clear immediately that this is going to have a tremendous impact on admissions and just school, right? Like, I mean, I I think about how uh, how I for English. I mean, I don't know. I was one of those like smart, lazy high school kids that like was trying to do as little work as possible, but still managed to get decent grades because I was just a lazy, smart kid. If this was available to me where I could like have my book report written for me and I would just have to go like tweak it and change some things around and make sure it doesn't sound like nonsense. Like, yeah, I probably would have used the crap out of it. Right. So like high, like, you know, book reports in high school and all that stuff are, are going to have a problem. <laughs> But then for for our podcast, like college admissions essays, like how are we going to police this right now when essentially it's impossible to tell like who wrote what? There's already some issues we talked about in the last um, podcast with, you know, the equity of like who can get uh, someone to help with their college essay, etc. This maybe levels the playing field a little bit. It gives everybody a ghostwriter. But the problem is that, you know, if you level the playing field that much, it almost makes it kind of useless, right? So it's a really interesting problem, right? Um, and I guess maybe, sorry, just to give a primer, I, I've been ranting for a minute, but like the ChatGPT3 is a tool that was released that essentially will take any prompt and write for you. And there's a there's been a number of these in the past couple of years, particularly on like the marketing side. There's like things like Jasper AI that do like marketing copy for you. Um, but this is by far the most advanced and comprehensive tool, and it's completely free to the public, from what I understand. Right. So you, so you can just like go there and be like, write me a college essay about how I grew up and always wanted to go to Villanova because my father went to Villanova and he'll just like give you a full essay, like, and it's pretty good too. So it's things like that, um, that I think this is going to change a lot about the college admissions process. Uh, I'm curious what you think, David. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's one of those times when the fee it's like the, f something from the future was taken and put in the present and it just knocks right. you back. And unless someone has, played around with it and seen what these essays actually look like, I don't think they would fully grasp just how, how much this 
should change academia and college admissions. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, especially once you get, you can get good at putting in prompts quite quickly. So you can get very mm-hmm. nuanced and say, write me a 637 word essay about how my brother has autism and how I have always loved to volunteer with students with special needs. And that's why I want to become a uh, teacher for special needs. Mm-hmm. It will not only write a okay essay and an okay essay would be, it has good structure. It's grammatically correct. It's reasonably compelling, shows character um, mm-hmm. and perseverance. It will do all of those things, great structure, grammar, It'll talk about how you view life as a gift and how you want to give back to other people. And so it will always produce at least an okay essay. And sometimes it actually puts forward a very good essay where it's tying things from the intro, from your anecdote back into the conclusion. And it's not, you can then also run it through a plagiarizer checker and it won't come up as plagiarized because it's actually writing it. And you can then do- right. You can do, you know, click reset and it'll take the same prompt and write a different essay for that prompt. So you could literally put in a prompt and then get multiple essays and take things that you like from multiple, add in your own, you know, specifics. It's just, uh, it's a tool that we really need to rethink how we're doing essays in school and for applications, I think. Yeah. And so I think also it's important, you were just talking about how it, it like literally writes it for you. And I think it's actually probably good to explain how this program at a high level works. Um, and it's interesting because maybe you've also seen like the AI art uh, things that people have been posting where it gives you an anime profile picture where you also look pretty attractive. I figured that was a good marketing trick by them. They're like, yes. make everyone like 20% hotter when the image comes out and then people will want to post it. But the um, the way that it works roughly, like I am not an engineer and I'm certainly not on their team, um, is that they're using machine learning, a, a tree map, like decision tree, and essentially a codex of all the information that's ever been written, right? So it's like you you basically say, okay, you, you give the prompt, the prompt tells the tree kind of what it should look like and where to start. And then the the computer starts to walk down the tree and is like, okay, we're going to like this, da, 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 we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about this. And then that's why when you reset it, it can pick a different branch and it can be like, oh, okay, we're going to go this way, talk about these things. And it kind of ties it all together with a bunch of rules, right? Like the essay has to come out in a certain structure. You have to follow grammar rules. You have to like, there's probably a bunch, there's probably you know, thousands of things that they built in that are considered. Um, and then essentially then the corpus of information that's basing this machine learning off of is all humankind writing. Right. Right. So what you're getting on what, what you're asking it for when you ask it for that essay is essentially like the weighted average of every essay that's ever been written on that topic. Right. And so, I think that it's essentially like it's really easy to get an average or even above average essay out of that. I do think it's probably still hard to get something really compelling and touching and meaningful. Like I think that that happens right now kind of by accident maybe. And I think that, you know, 
that's something that they could very easily program in. So it's not like it's not like it's never going to happen. Like they could, you know, if you want, if you wanted to tie, you know, an anecdote from the intro to your conclusion, I don't know, try putting that in the prompt, right? Like there's probably a lot of things that people haven't even unlocked with this stuff yet. But um, yeah, that I think the primer on how it works is important because I think that essentially, you know, what makes it so powerful and also maybe is it's not like Achilles heel, but kind of like its upper limit is the fact that you're essentially getting a weighted average essay. Right. And, and that's, you've made amazing points. And just to echo that point, um, I agree with you. If you're, especially if you're applying to a highly selective school, don't use it. In fact, I wouldn't even use it for the rough draft because, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the basic structure that you start with, you're going to basically end up with that, right? Um, some variation of it. It is too formulaic to help you differentiate yourself at a highly selective school. So, yeah, I I would, I would, I would disagree with you a little bit. I would say, feel free to pump out like five or 10 essays based on prompts about yourself. And then just like, put them off on one monitor and actually work on it on your own on the other monitor. Right. Cause I think what's going to happen and it's going to be hard for schools to do this, but I think the first thing that's going to happen is schools are going to say, pinky promise us that you didn't run this through an AI software. Right. Right. And so, you know, even if you are so paranoid that you want to take an essay that they wrote and like rewrite it, like, you know, I would probably go through that much effort at least if, if they're asking that. I think right now we're in like a weird window where like it's too new, but probably by the time people are listening to this, rules are going to start cropping up about it. Um, and then, yeah, I agree with you that, um, you know, you probably should still write your own essays because it is college admissions and you only kind of get one shot at it. But I do think that like using chat GPT to give you essentially like the bones and maybe even the kind of the muscle of it is is gonna be pretty common right and that that to me is the hard part of writing anyways like i've i've started to use you know jasper for instance like for some of our marketing copy not because i can't do the marketing copy but because it takes jasper five minutes versus taking me like 20 minutes and then i just am like okay like i mean this is fine like you said it's a little straight down the middle and generic but like, let's, you know, tweak some things and I can then apply my own experience and expertise. And then, you know, we get something on the other side that kind of takes half the time, but is still pretty good, right? Is it the way to get exceptional? Probably not, still not. Um, but it can at least get you sort of a, a like a shortcut to pretty good. It's kind of my thought. <laughs> I completely agree. And, you know, version four is supposed to be coming out fairly soon, probably next year. So that should be another step up, even just from this current version. Um, But I think what you're bringing up brings up just a lot of um, opportunity and issues that we're going to have to grapple with as a society, because it is an amazing shortcut. And I, I actually love writing, but I can, I, it is incredibly easy to justify things to ourselves. Um, you know, if you're a high school student, and you're like, I have, you know, a big game tomorrow and I have two tests. Why don't I just put this through to get the rough draft? Right. And mm-hmm. maybe that's okay. But 
maybe it's not okay too. And maybe it will, I think it will almost definitely at some point be depriving them of the ability to dramatically get better. So if we always use ChatGPT for the rough draft, for instance, we'll lose the ability to come up with our own outlines and our, you know, um, just come up with those initial thoughts. I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of people will tell you 50% of writing is just the opening paragraph. It is so hard to get started and pick, you know, a topic and a thesis that you can, you know, structure a whole paper around. And so it's concerning. That's funny because I used to, in high school, I would write at least like, I would often like have a body paragraph that I want to write. So I would just write that first Mm -hmm. (laughs) and be like, what's the thesis for this? Right. Absolutely. So you know, I would be concerned that it will, in the long run, strip away people's ability to brainstorm and some of that higher order reasoning if they're just editing um, something that chat GPT puts out, especially once it gets even better. Um, but again, it presents a lot of opportunity as well, especially in business that, you know, you don't want to waste all this time doing something that AI can do just as good or better give you a great starting point on. Right. Well, and it's like a tricky problem because on the one hand, it's like learn- knowing how to reason and structure an argument seems like a really fundamental skill. On the other hand, in the 1800s or, or 1900s or whatever, when they were like tractors are taking away kids' ability to learn how to farm and to grow things and to like make food for themselves. And like that sounds pretty important too, but it turns out we didn't need most of our population farming at all, right? So it's like a it's like, what are we, you know, we're, we're going through this kind of, I, I like to call it the sort of the last pre-sci-fi era of humanity where we're not in the sci-fi world yet, right? Like we don't have a moon base or Mars colonies or vacations to space or any of that stuff. But like we're, we're our grandchildren might, right? right. Like it's like, we're, we're pretty, it's pretty interesting. And I think that as a pair to that, and this is my my sci-fi stuff getting nerdy for a second, I think that we're living through the last generation where everyone has to have a job, or not like the last generation. Sorry, like maybe like by like we we are going to see in our lifetimes the end of everyone has to have a job all the time, right? Because it's already breaking down. Like there's. You know, our labor participation rate is what, like 55 or 60 percent post-COVID in the United States. And like there's lots and lots of open jobs, but they're all in retail and no one wants to do them. Um, And then there's, you know, on the, the other thing, I remember even when I was in my 20s being in San Francisco and this isn't going to make San Francisco look very good, but like they, you know, Ford was closing its factories in Michigan and these were like, you know, people that had been building cars for 30 years. And these San Francisco techie kids were like, oh, man, well, like, you know, it's a good thing that I'm doing a job that is never going to get replaced because I'm a marketing coordinator at, at Salesforce. Right. And then now you've got things like, you know, chat GPT and whatever. And you're like, ah, no, man. I mean, by the time we're 55, like most tech jobs are not going to be needed either. Right. Like most, you know, paid like let's not get in too off topic here. This is meant to be college admissions, but like most paid advertising now is automated, like by the platforms themselves, like Google and Facebook and stuff. And there's like a bunch of other examples. 
I think by the time we're 55, a lot of the knowledge worker jobs go away too, right? So it's like, so in that world, if you're, if you're listening to this as a student, you know, and is chat GPT just the future of Google and the future of writing combined? And you might as well just get, figure out how to make good prompts and just roll with it. I mean, maybe, <laughs> right? Like it's an interesting question. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating question, right? There's, there's always trade-offs. So in, in pretty much everything in life. So there's, you know, it's a huge opportunity. I think also a huge risk. I mean, we know that when people aren't working, when they, when they drop out of the workforce, their health tends to get worse because mm -hmm. we as human beings were built for purpose and purpose is very tied to productivity. And we can try and say, well, you know, that's not how we should define ourselves, but we're built that way. And mm -hmm. so I think we run, we run some risks, but it has, you know, incredible opportunity as well. Um, if people can, if they're not working or if they have to work less, how do they fill their time that it's actually enriching to them as people? Right. Well, and then essentially, I mean, again, going super sci-fi again, it's like the only way that that works where it's like, well, I'm going to enrich my time by like, I don't know, doing art or whatever is if they, uh, if there's like universal basic income. So it's just like society is going to need to change a lot by the time our grandchildren are applying to college is kind of what I'm getting at. And we're just like starting to see the directional like vectors of it a little bit, which is really interesting. Um, and I think that kind of to, to tie this all back to like kind of bring it back to earth a little bit here and to 2022, I think that um, when you look at chat GPT three today, I think that it's really scary when you've been basing your admissions decisions or even like your grades, if you're a teacher or a school on something that now is commoditized, right? Like anyone can now write an above average essay um, for any topic, including topics they know nothing about and, you know, books they never read. And I mean, we all know high school kids, right? I was one of them too. And I can't tell you how many book reports I got good grades on for books that I didn't read. It was a few, right? Like, and so I think that it's going to be... It's going to be really hard, right? I think that, um, though, you know, what's going to happen probably is there going to be adaptations to the existing system because I don't really know what there is that could replace an essay. Like, maybe they make you do, like, a video. Maybe that's a replacement. Like, you do a 15-minute interview, like, put your phone out and, like, have your phone record and do a little interview about why you want to go to Duke, right? And, I mean, that is not something you can fake at this time, and you can show some preparation in that, but also, you know, probably there will become video interview services and other things that will make equity lower. Um, or, you know, there's proctored essays is the other option. So does, <clears throat> does the Common App company start to provide, like, you know, essentially proctored almost like exams, but just for the essay writing, which would be a huge thing that they would have to do. That's a lot of work, right? Um, so, it, yeah, it's, what do you think is, is going to be kind of the response to this? And how do you think uh, the college admissions process is going to change? 
yeah, it's going to be fascinating if to see if they change. I mean, I, I hope that they will change. Yeah. I'm I, in many ways, I'm more surprised that they haven't already changed, though, because, again, you could hire a writer, you could hire an essay editor, um, you can fake everything in in the essay. So already the essay was rife with problems and they did nothing about it. Now, right. hopefully this will make it so incredibly obvious to them that they really need to make a change. And I would hope that they go towards proctored essays. Um, I would love to see mm. that. I mean, some other not great fixes would be maybe, um, as you we touched on, no one wants to bring back the SAT and ACT essay because they weren't great. And also they just wasn't enough time to really develop an idea. Um, but that would be a potential fix. At least you know that the student themselves wrote that. And at least then you have a sample of their writing that you could compare to their college essays if they keep college essays in an unproctored setting or, you know, people have kicked around. Well, maybe then all students would need to submit a graded paper to a college. I hope they don't do that either because why would we think that graded paper was written by the student, right? Even that graded right. paper yeah, that could be. Yeah. That doesn't solve the problem at all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I really hope colleges, I, 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 in, in a way, this might be a huge um, benefit to the college admissions process to force them into doing college essays how they should have been doing college essays, which mm -hmm. is in an authentic way to make sure that you're rewarding the students for personal qualities that they should, those students who have those are actually rewarded. Right. Well, and I think that um, the other, the other direction that I would take this is why do we have essays? Right. I mean, I think that there's sort of a combo of like, on the one hand, we want to like learn more about this person and kind of assign like a personality to them based on their writing. Um, and then on the other side of it, I think that they want to know that you can basically develop an argument and or like, you know, communicate effectively. Right. So that's kind of where my idea of like the video interview comes in, because it does solve both those problems and it's much, much more difficult to fake. Um, it's also like, you know, mildly terrifying, probably for a lot of people. Right. Not everyone likes as much as, you know, the kids like to be on TikTok, like not everybody likes to be a video videoed or all of that. So that's that's just an idea. Um, I think that proctored essays is probably where it's going to go based on what you said. I think essentially they're probably not going to want to change the output that the system generates too much, right? Like they would, they don't want to change away from essays. They don't want to like not have essays. They just want the essays to not be faked. So they're going to figure that out, which is sort of a much smaller magnitude problem than like, what if we rethought everything? Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, Everything does have those trade-offs, right? So I love the idea of that video interview. I would be concerned about bias coming into play from um, skin color or even just attractiveness. I mean, you know, studies mm -hmm. on attractiveness showed that people who are rated as more attractive, they're perceived to be more trustworthy, more intelligent. And it's like, I, 
I would all the above, yeah. Right, so I would I would be very scared they get of more promotions. Like there's a bunch of stuff, yeah. Right, so I would be very scared about introducing that bias. But at the same time, that still might be better than inauthentic essays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hope they don't. I hope they figure some way out because I mean maybe I'm biased because I got into the University of Chicago in large part because of my story, because of the context. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my dad was a pastor and my mom taught, um, uh, was a teacher assistant for spe- kids with special needs. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of money around growing up, but I wanted right. to go to a private school that offered a better education than my local um, public school. And my parents were like, we can't afford it. So I got a job caddying at 13 years old to help pay the tuition and you know, working two jobs throughout high school when I was able to tell the University of Chicago about that. I mean, it, it actually it was through an interview. And the interviewer told mm-hmm. me at the end of the interview, you're in, right? And so, oh, wow. yeah. So, I mean, sometimes that context is just absolutely key for understanding, holy cow, yes, this kid had straight A's and great test scores, but you know what? He did it while working two jobs in high school and not getting, you know, test prep and um, so that context was key for me. I would hope we don't lose that context for, for other kids that are really trying to better, um, to get out of, to better their, their circumstances. So, right. Well, and I mean, you've touched on two things here that I think are important, um, as we kind of wrap this up. I think the first one is that I actually think a live interview format maybe is the happy medium between where we are today and like, you know, everybody submits a YouTube video. I think it's going to be probably very time consuming and difficult for uh, all the universities around the country to interview everybody. Um, But I feel like that is going to be like, that is, that is a format that is better suited for this kind of gap that we're talking about here. Um, And then the second part is I also think that, you know, in all of this GPT-3 stuff, we shouldn't lose sight of the goal of the whole process, which is to identify people that deserve to be at UChicago or whatever school that they're at because of what they've gone through or what they've done, right? And and I think that uh, it's hard to, it's like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's such a non-conclusion conclusion, but it's like, we really, I think, um, whenever we're evaluating like w- how college admissions is going to change, we should always kind of tie it back to that core principle of like the goal is that somebody who really deserves it from like a tough background or an unu or a background that's like maybe not standard. They didn't go to you know they didn't have wealthy parents. They didn't go to like a top high school in their area that was a private school or whatever. They didn't get straight A's the whole time. Like those people who should still be able to go to great universities and there should be a way to suss that out. And, you know, hopefully people don't use chat GPT three to just straight up lie. Right. And tell, tell stories that aren't true <laughs> using, using this little chat bot. But like, I think that is a big thing in the essay portion that, you know, people could have lied before this too. And they didn't. Right. So hopefully you know, if you have a great story to tell, your story will still shine through no matter what sort of the, the, the rule changes are. 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's a good way to bring it back to the goal is to give those deserving kids the chance. And I hope that yeah. colleges can figure out a way to just continue to do that when GTP3 has you know, significantly changed the admissions landscape. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to watch this uh, over the next like, you know, three, six months and we'll probably need to revisit it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Uh, this has been Shift, College Admissions Podcast for a Changing World, hosted by Tyler from Achievable and David Blobaum from Summit Prep. And what a changing world it is. You can get a free AC, uh, free trial of Achievable's ACT course at achievable.me. And then if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.